1: Oh, calm, calm. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, April the 8th, 2015, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby and I'm here with Bob Reier. Good evening. And Miss Stephanie Cook. Hola. All right, guys, we are here once again to talk about comics. And because Stephanie's back, we'd celebrate that with her favorite thing to talk about, which are events. Um, yeah. Our, <laughs> our uh, Combined book of the week this week will be Convergence, uh, number zero, um, and we'll also discuss <clears throat> this week because this week uh, Convergence number one and the Convergence tie-ins begin. Um, and we'll, t- we'll run down you know who the teams are and the books that are coming out this week, and um, if we're interested in any of the ones that, that, mm-hmm. that are dropping. Um, we also, of course, have our lightning rounds and our shared books of the week. But Stephanie, uh, you missed last because you were flying home from uh, Emerald City. Uh, mm-hmm. How did it go?
0: It was a lot of fun. Um, I think this was the first show that I've been working at with Bill that I've been able to kind of just wander the floor. Um, So I spent a lot of time not at the table. uh, And I'm really sorry to the people who did come by the table (laughs) to (laughs) say hi. And uh, I was not there. Bill was like, people are looking for you. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I have so many things to see. You straight up Um, lied
1: to them because because the week before you were like I'll be at the table most of the weekend. Usually
0: I am, (laughs) um, but we wound up getting stuck in this weird sort of exhibitor spot, so there wasn't a lot of room for us, Uh, and like it was just like really cramped. Uh, I wound up just kind of using that to my advantage, though. Um, I got so many cat sketches; Uh, it is glorious so so glorious my whole book is almost filled up i got like bruce tim to do a cat sketch i got jeff darrow um who else oh uh stacy lee uh who's doing silk um and just a, a ton of other really cool ones too jake wyatt um i'm trying to think if there was anyone i mean there's tons but I'm, i've been posting about on my instagram if you anyone wants to see uh it's hello cookie on there um I also posted up a ton of the cool things I bought. I definitely didn't spend an outrageous amount of money. Um, I definitely didn't need to buy a whole new suitcase to bring (laughs) everything home. Um, And I'm definitely not in denial. (laughs) Um, I got some really, really cool sketchbooks. Uh, I got some really cool sketches. For anyone who is into film noir, Bob, Mm -hmm. uh, Jean Tierney is one of my favorite actresses of all time. Me too. Uh, so, Gabriel Hardman, who's doing Invisible Republic, um, he did uh, a sketch of Laura for me One from the movie. One of
2: all-time favorite movies.
0: And it is, hands down, the best thing I've ever had commissioned. Wow. I am in love with it. The day I got, the day after, because I got back late on uh, uh, Tuesday night, uh, I went and got a frame for it. And I already have a place, uh, or I have it up on my wall. It's amazing. Now,
2: for those who don't know that movie, someone, well, I'm not going to give too much away here, but a detective becomes enamored of someone's picture. So, here you go. You <laughs> could restart this movie all by yourself in your own yeah. house.
0: and I mean, anyone who hasn't seen it, you really should go watch it because there's a lot of stuff um, in just about everything nowadays that really draws from Laura, Hmm. Uh but. Gabriel uh, and I were talking about movies and all that when we were both in Malta and it was at the end of the show and I was like, oh my God, why didn't I get him to draw something for me? And I was tweeting with him and was like, hey, would you be interested in drawing like a Laura commission for me? And he was like, oh my God, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to pick it up from his table and he's like on Friday and he's like, no, I I don't have this done yet. uh, But like. I'm not going to the bar tonight. I'm actually so excited to go and draw this in my room. Like this is, you know, I'm not drawing this at the show. I'm taking this back to the hotel deliberately and just working on this all night because I'm so excited. Uh, And it is perfect. I'll I'll post up another photo of it, but I could not have been happier. Um, Yasmin Liang did uh, a pearl from American Vampire for me. Um, I got a rockabilly Batgirl from Genevieve FT. Um, I got uh, a Hannah from Rat Queens from Rich Ellis. Um, I got a Wicked and Divine print from Kevin Wada, who is like a baby. I thought he was like way older and he's like, I swear, he looks like he's 12. And I'm like, how are you this talented and you're so young? (laughs) Like, haven't you been doing stuff for like 20 years? Are you a vampire? So, so talented. Ugh. Um, I got Prince from. Oh, I got Prince T-shirts. Uh, and about ten thousand other things from Babs Tar. A Gotham Academy shirt from Brendan Fletcher. Um, there's this amazing Korean artist, and I don't think a lot of people have heard of him, but his name is King Kim uh, Jung Ji, and. I I think I'm probably getting the details a bit jumbled but when Bill and I were in uh, France for Angoulême a few years ago this exhibitor was telling us about this artist and he was saying that um, I I think he is autistic um, or has Asperger's one of those two things anyways um, and it just he basically is just able to like vomit these beautiful pictures like out of nowhere you know like he just puts his pen to the paper and all of a sudden something beautiful is there um, and he doesn't speak like any English and I happened to be wandering around my friend's booth and I was just kind of being like oh what's over here and this he was here he was at the show and I was like what I didn't know this guy was here we had picked up all the sketchbooks at in France but he hadn't been there the guy was just selling um, his wares So this dude has, like, these massive hardcover sketchbooks. They're, like, omnibuses because he just does so much. And, like, a bookmark size original is, like, $500 because he is just, like, amazing. Um, And the sketchbooks, again, are gigantic. Um, And you can get a sketch in them, you know. (sighs) And I wound up spending an outrageous amount of money Uh, To get a sketchbook and a sketch. And just like, I was just like watching him draw things. And I stole Bill from the table. I was like, Bill, Bill. And there's like a lineup of people. I'm like, I'm sorry, you need to come with me. I'm like, he's like, can I just finish these things? I'm like, okay, yes, yes, yes. Sign, 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 sign. Okay, let's go. And like, dragged him over to see this guy. And Bill was just like watching him draw. And we just like sat there uh, staring and watching his work. But then his like translators noticed Bill and like were showing him that he just like they were googling him um and they're like telling us that they're like we're googling you right now because of his name tag and then um the guy kim Ji he got like so excited that like bill was there asking for him to do a sketchbook and he was like ah! and like took a photo with him and all this stuff and i was like this is so cool ah. um i liked bill's sketch better but he personalized our sketchbooks so <laughs> mine is, mine is mine, uh, but customs definitely did not like that one because so after they gave the sketchbook, they uh, to make sure it gets home safely, they wrap it in cardboard, seal it, and then they put it in uh, <laughs> a sealed silver package. Oh, <laughs> so like customs definitely thought I was drug smuggling. Like <laughs> yeah, definitely. 100 percent like this would be the time that if I was detained I'd be like yeah I could see why um but they did open it and it was fine but I was like for once I was like okay TSA I I feel you I understand I understand why you had to do this um but I got so much stuff so many sketchbooks so many prints and um my nice walls that were you know everything was kind of nicely spaced out um and it wasn't cluttered, but I've kind of given up on that. I'm just like, Screw it. I have no room. It's gonna be everywhere. Art on my ceiling. Yeah. Like <laughs> there is just stuff all over the place. Um and uh yeah, like Bill did this really cool uh for those of you who are reading fables, um, and it, it's wrapping up soon with issue one fifty. Um, he did an atlas on his tablecloth, like he drew this huge atlas, um And he drew the worlds of each of Snow and Bigby's Cubs. Uh, So there was like some spoilers for uh, post-issue 150. Mm -hmm. I've got some photos and Bill's posted them up too. But uh, Jeff Darrow was drawing on his table. And we were just like watching him do this amazing piece. I don't know if any of you have ever seen Jeff Darrow's art, but it's phenomenal.
2: Big fan. Rusty. I did on the show one night and he did – drew in my book when I had him sign it at the special edition. And we were just talking about dinosaur movies where he drew me this dinosaur on the inside front cover that, and he's one of those people you say about vomiting out stuff. He wasn't paying any attention to what he was doing. And yet it was staggeringly detailed.
0: He was talking to me about meth.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's how he can do it. He did not draw me a meth head,
0: (laughs) though. Oh, okay. Uh, He drew me a cat smoking a cigarette that was on top of an alligator. Hmm. Hmm. He, but yeah, you're right. Like he just doesn't he can like talk again. like it. <laughs> he's like looking at you and you're like having this conversation like you would at a pub or something just yeah. like it, you know, he might as well just have like a beer in his hand or something, but instead of beer it's a pen and all this time instead of drinking he's drawing and all of a sudden you you look down and you're like, "Oh my god. When did you do that?" His his work's incredible. Um also there was no like we weren't just talking about meth because it was like how how do you feel about meth do you like meth it wasn't like that <laughs> it was i don't even understand why but point being he did this amazing piece on the table and um he was going to finish it up on sunday but on saturday night one of the exhibitors or like minions stole it they stole it off the table and then they wrote on the table they wrote thanks and he was like I wasn't even that mad. He's like I thought it was like irrelevant and nobody liked my art. So like the fact that they took it was a compliment. But then I was like really insulted that they wrote thanks on my table. It's like I didn't give you this. You stole it. Yeah. Don't write thanks.
2: Have you checked eBay yet?
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh it's 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 not good. Uh but yeah. I remember a couple was, years is, ago
1: at uh New York Comic Con I was interviewing uh, Mike Norton and mm-hmm. the at his table mm-hmm. and this Kid came up and he was like talking to him and he's like oh he's like picking up all these prints and like like I guess like a like a sketchbook or something and he's like oh how much are these and and Mike's like oh this is that much and this is much he's like okay and then he just walked away (laughs) he just walked away with the stuff like didn't pay just walked away with the stuff oh boy and like it was they didn't they couldn't do anything because he was just gone like you know New York Comic Con is it's so packed like once he walked away from the table into Artist Alley he might as well have been. You know, on Mars. On Mars, yeah. so. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's actually, you people hear it on the interview. You hear oh, start, really? he starts laughing. Because he's like, um, he can't believe what stuff. just happened. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, it's People are just so weird. I don't understand, like, what possesses someone to do something like that. But, I mean, he was pretty good about it. I think uh, Mike Mignola and his wife were, like, angrier than <laughs> um, Jeff was. But Mike was drawing this... Um, They were right beside each other, and Mike drew this giant Totoro on his table, and his wife's like, "I am taking this. No one will steal this." (laughs) And like, um, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. They they were very delightful people, but don't steal their tablecloths or uh, Christine Mignola will like throw down the gloves. Uh, yeah. How did your panel go? That's like all of the wives in comic books. Like they're like delightful, but I never ever ever want any of them mad at me. (laughs) Um. Yeah, my one of my favorite parts of the show, um, we were at the after party, well, one of the after parties at the Sheridan, and a friend of mine, I will not say who, um, <laughs> she, it, it was packed. Like, seriously, it bleeds into every part of the hotel lobby, and every year, they're always understaffed, and people are waiting for drinks forever, and they're just like, what? Comic people can drink? Like, year after year. <laughs> Um, but my friend, she was leaning against, she was like close to a wall, having some water and she thought no one was behind her. And, um, she came running over to me and she was like, Steph, why didn't you tell some, tell me that somebody was behind me? And I was like, I didn't see anyone behind you. I was talking to someone else. She's like, I just farted on Greg Rucka. (laughs) 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 And I was like, that is the best Uh, thing I have ever heard.
2: That should be a t-shirt.
0: Yeah. I know, I farted on Greg Rucka. And (laughs) And, and lived, Did he notice? She's like, no, I'm going over here now. (laughs) That's probably for the best.
2: (laughs) Wait, in some future issue, he writes, uh, that scene appears. Ooh.
0: (laughs) It it was amazing. Um, But yeah, I I had my panel on uh, freelancing in the geek uh, industry, which went really, really, really well. Um, I baby-napped... Uh, Baby Weeb uh, from Curtis Weeb and his sweet patootie Shannon who she is like the cutest thing ever. It's like, she's mine. Deal with it. (laughs) Um, And then I just ran around with her. People are very nice to you if you have a baby apparently. So I'm going to just acquire a baby for every Comic Con so people get out of my way and they're really nice about it. Yeah. This one was very smiley. I would bet you
2: there are plenty of parents who'd be happy to you know, pulling yeah. their kid off for yeah. an afternoon so they could see the show and you'd see your show
0: yeah. with more ease.
2: I, I it's a good trade off. You could make she money liked, this way too.
0: She really likes cell phones, so we took selfies. <laughs> she was like smiling. I was like, This is the best. Uh, um but oh, I got a cool print from Johnny Christmas too. Uh it's one of the it was a limited edition early cover uh for Pisces, the series that he's doing with Curtis Weam. So there's all kinds of stuff. I got so much stuff, guys. So much stuff.
2: Now you just need a bigger apartment.
0: I I know. And I need to figure out how to put things on the ceiling. Um, but yeah, like my cat sketchbook is like my prized possession now. It is amazing. Oh, I also got a print of a dinosaur farting fire. <laughs> all right. <laughs> because why not? Um, I agreed. I, I bought a lot of stuff, but I think I've got it out of my system for the rest of the year. No, you don't. If I didn't buy something from you, I apparently probably did not
2: see your booth. Which means but, when you see their booth at the next show, <laughs> it starts at the madness all over again. And good for you.
0: I bought so much stuff.
2: See, but when I started I, hanging stuff, I swore to myself, just, just a couple. You know, once the house was sort of mine, it was okay, I'll put comic book stuff in the living room. And I bought a a couple of those, remember those little things we all got at at Icon? Yeah, yeah. Little sort of very cartoony superheroes. So I did Batgirl, Wonder Woman, and Black Canary, Zatar, those four. I was going to make a little display where my mother used to hang, you know, little plates or whatever. And once they're up there, anytime I'd get something, Stephanie, you'd send out an autographed issue or whatever. My kitchen now has 37 pieces of comic book art and stuff hanging up in the corner behind the table. And some people go, What are you doing? That's my kitchen. And if I want to cover it, I'm covering it the way I feel like it. Live with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, oh God. I'm like actually looking through the photos right now, and there's so much more that I haven't actually mentioned. I'm like, Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, boy, Steph, what'd you do? <laughs> um, there, there was, like, so much cool stuff. I can't even deal with it. Well,
1: I, like, I won't make ugh. you deal with it anymore because so, we're going to move on.
0: <laughs> what? You don't want to hear about all the things?
1: I don't want to hear an itemized list of all the things you bought. No. Well,
0: I'm not going to do we're an itemized jealous. list, Bobby. God. <laughs> oh, okay, one more thing. I got the holy kitten. I bought the holy kitten. I don't know what that means. From um, Lumberjanes, Bobby. Oh, I don't read Lumberjanes. Well, get your shit together. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it's amazing. I am so happy I bought it. It sings. And it's got a little halo and a harp.
2: That and makes it holy. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Is it a hymn? I don't know.
0: It's the holy kitten. Okay. <laughs>
1: that doesn't mean it's
2: a hymn oh. or her.
0: <laughs> Oh, and I found out that drunk people really like cat shirts.
2: <laughs> I'll leave it like that. That's how you close it off. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try that out.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I will be at C2E2 as well. And I'll be on two panels on that. But I will tell you guys about that closer to
1: C2E2. Sounds good. Yeah. I can't wait for the week to come back. You yeah. D- and again I'll be able to us. tell
0: you guys about that thing that I'm doing in a city that's not Toronto. But I'm not allowed to talk about it until this afternoon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a thing that's going to be happening. But if you check my Twitter feed, it it's it, it'll be there. Uh. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. It's it's a thing.
1: Yeah. So people who are listening to this, they probably, probably already happened. But uh, <laughs> uh, say if you not stay tuned to Stephanie's Twitter feed for. We Stuff. think it's going to be interesting, but we don't really know. Oh. So it's a it's, post,
2: pre, post announcement. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting tense, confused.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's we, we can't talk about it because the show does go up at seven a.m. and Stephanie is embargoed to talk about this thing until it's actually happening tomorrow or today at whatever time it's happening or yesterday. Yeah, I'm getting
0: confused. Too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so because the show is posting before the embargo time we can't talk about what you know but um yeah it's a thing it's a thing it's definitely a thing mm-hmm. um,
2: <laughs> what kind of a thing not sure
1: we don't even know and we yeah. we just know that we can't talk about even not knowing what this thing is until yeah. it's actually happening customs is gonna love me <laughs> um so yeah um let's move on let's talk about some comic books bob be ready for some lightning round
2: sure let me get a little arranged okay That was quick. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a table to myself. Usually I'm off in the corner. I actually have a little bit of room today. Steve isn't with us. He'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. If
0: you didn't pick up on that, Steve's not here.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bob, you ready? Lightning round. Go. Okay. Avengers 43. The Shi'ar Armada prepares to destroy the Earth to save the universe. But Tony Stark may prove to be the difference maker. Uh, It's probably too late, though, is his... Oh, time is running out. I need Steve for this. Spider Gwen number three. It's improving but slowly as this is mostly a space saver issue. But there's some real neat Spider Gwen versus everybody action, some forward plot movement. But more importantly, there's a real nice deepening of the Gwen dad relationship that's really kind of special. So this is going where I want to. I'm really happy that's starting to pick up. Harley Quinn 16 can't pick up any further because, look, it's DC's maddest heroine, and now she's hired a dozen assistants, the Gang of Harleys, through a series of in depth interviews and a battle royale with baseball bats and clubs. (laughs) That's how you do this. Just another loony tale from Amanda and Jimmy. Operation Sin number four, you need your Peggy Carter fix. It's been right here in this book. So all the storylines collide here in this penultimate issue alien spaceships. Beings composed of dark star matter and bear stuff. Can't have it. too much of that. Gotham Academy, Endgame, it's a very scary night at the school as the afflicted of the Joker hordes are all around the school. The girls are all up telling each other campfire scary stories. Just really lovely way to use this sort of tie-in format. Very different, sort of in the way the Batgirl, Endgame was too. You know, Again, same sort of creative team here. Just really, really well done. And speaking of scary stuff, Empire of the Dead, Act 3, Number 1, George Romero. This time is Andrea Muti on artwork. He continues to weave just new elements into this really inventive take on zombies. We've seen lots and lots of zombies over the last couple of years. This is the zombie master, George Romero. And who knew he could write comic books? He must have been studying for years or just being a fan. You've got really wonderful human characters, and some of them are Zombie-slash-vampire-slash-zombified-swat-police-women. If you haven't been reading this, the first two trades are out. They're really quick but good reads. There's a lot of depth, but you just want to rampage through it. So first two trades out, they'll catch you up for Act 3, number one, just out on your shelves last week. That's it.
1: All right, Bob. Again, you have 40 seconds left. Um, Stephanie, what did you think of Spider-Gwen?
0: I liked it. I, I thought this was the strongest of the issues so far um, and it's finally starting to uh, really come into its own. But again, it still kind of lacks from um, some origin stuff. Mm. There's there's a lot of things that they just kind of throw at you and expect you to know and you're like, it's an alternate universe, we don't know what's happening. Um, so I, I, I wish that, I, I hope the next arc kind of jumps back and yes. fills in some of the blanks for us. Um, but other than that, the art is, you know, really making up for a lot of what I'm not getting in the story. Uh, I, I can look at Robbie Rodriguez's pages all day. It's just phenomenal work. And, um, you know, I didn't read all of F, uh, FBP. FBP? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh but, like, it, it is on my list to get to eventually. But the, his art is so great in it. And I think this is his strongest yet. Um, it, you know, it it needs to come a little bit further, the story um, in general. But I, I think that it has potential to be the story we wanted it to be in the first place. Yeah, I think that what I like about it is
1: I think in this issue where they i think they haven't quite nailed um the overall story yet or going too deep enough into gwen's character yet i think the kind of drama and action in this issue is is really well done and, and um it's it's an exciting issue i think from beginning to mm-hmm. end uh we haven't had even though you know spider-man's identity is is pretty much unknown in the books there aren't a lot of stories anymore where it's Oh no someone's gonna find out that I'm spider man you know, yeah. that that doesn't <laughs> happen very often um so to have that danger back in in this book I think is nice like her you know n- navigating who knows who she is and who doesn't and trying to avoid people finding out you know who she is and um you know i, I thought the confront the confrontation in like the smoke uh with, awesome. with Frank was pretty cool um and i I, I would like to see. I, and I like, too, how they, they showed you the, the divide and the personality between the way she is with the mask off and the way she is with the mask on. I liked that sharp division between mm-hmm. the two. Um, and I do like the relationship there, solidifying with her and her father. So I I think it was the best issue as well. Um, and you're right, Stephanie, the art is, is just gorgeous. Uh, with a lot of kinetic energy mm-hmm. in there. And uh, Batgirl Endgame I really liked as... Batgirl Endgame? Uh, Gotham Academy Endgame I really liked as well. It's... It's just, it's another I don't know if this is just a thing that private schools do when there's like a crisis or something but like again like that camping out in the great hall thing it's such it's such a harry potter like oh, okay. ref like l- visually it just it just reminds me so much of it um and I just love the idea of these kind of scary stories being told and um them trying to scare each other and um you know there, there's the kind of the sadness uh to olive's story uh but even with the sadness, there's a, still a tinge of her just being a kid trying to scare the, the others. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, the I Professor like, McPherson's story was really creepy. Yeah, very yeah. creepy.
1: Um, and I like this idea of I don't remember what, what the groundskeeper, yeah, superhero or whatever that yeah. they have. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that there that there are these kind of legends to the school and there's this mythology to the school and, and and they're relying on that and building on that. And I think they do a good job in this of you know showing you what would have happened to this private school if things were going really bad in in, mm-hmm. in the outside world. And well, I, I like that.
0: I think it shows too that the school itself is a character.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and that was kind of something that the, the team talked about initially, uh, when the book was launching that, you know, they've put a lot into making these buildings feel like they have personalities. And I think this issue really, really, really made that payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to make one nitpick. Whoever did the colors for Jeff Stokely story. What were you doing? Ooh, <laughs> what happened?
2: Pop's it get looked the-
0: like they did it in paint.
2: Bob's getting the issue out. Cause I don't getting r- the issue. Which one was
0: the main story.
2: Oh, the like colors.
0: The- like there's like some, it's not all of it. Um, There's just a couple things where the lines almost get completely, like, obliterated by color, and it's, like, really jagged. It looks like – seriously, it looks like what I might have done in Photoshop accidentally with, like, the paint bucket and, like, just kind of blank, you know, Mm -hmm. just put a whole bunch of color onto one thing. Some of the colors are great, but, like, what happened? Yikes. (laughs) I'll show you – I'll send over a couple of like the ones I'm specifically, okay. specifically speaking yeah. of. But I thought it was really cool that like Vera Brosgel did a, a story in there. Who did? She did um, Anya's Ghost, which was mm. amazing. Um, who else did stories in there? Joy uh, Ong. I just read this. And hum?
2: Joy Ong did McPherson's story, the one set in the Scottish Highlands with the Laughing Man.
0: Yeah, I really liked that one. Like I liked the art in it yeah, a lot.
2: That was my favorite of the bunch. But they're all – amazing
1: yeah i i i just i enjoyed i enjoy that kind of horror anthology feel they brought mm-hmm. to it which is you know just a different way to do uh a, a tie-in like that which i thought was really really cool um mm-hmm. all right stephanie your lightning round time are you ready oh my god you have three minutes <laughs> sure. and this is this, these these are the examples of the two opposite ways to the lightning round which is bob has perfectly planned how long each thing's gonna take Stephanie is just going to talk until that timer goes off. <laughs> and whatever book she's on, it's just, so be it. Shh.
0: <laughs> Don't ruin it, Bobby. <laughs> All
1: right, and go.
0: Gem and the Holograms uh, by Kelly Thompson and Sophie Campbell. Um, loved this. I loved it. I didn't know what to expect. This is from IDW. Um, I thought maybe it would just be like sort of, Continuing Tales of Gem and the Holograms, but instead it kind of just lets you enjoy the book if you've never even seen the show before. Uh, It's a great gateway drug into Gem. I loved it. The art was Mm. so great. I thought that the redesigns that Sophie Campbell did were, like, outstanding. And I thought that it was a great story for just about anybody. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Black Hood number two. Uh, continuing the story from Dark Circle imprint, I believe, of Archie. Uh, Continues to be cool, kind of gritty Ed Brubaker-esque noir. Um, Like where it's going, going to keep up with it. Uh, And, yeah, let's see. What else we got? What else we got? Um, House of M. I read this on the plane back from Seattle, and uh, the next day they made the announcement that they were bringing it back. Was it a coincidence? I don't know, but apparently if I read things, they become things. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. I wanted to see that whole thing where um, no more mutants uh, happened. And, you know, it, it succeeded in giving me um, a lot more backstory into uh, what's been going on in the X universe. Wanda is crazy. She's crazy. Uh, But it was a really interesting universe and I liked the House of M uh, portion of things and like the cool costumes and the monarchy thing going on. It was very, very cool and I'm stoked to see it come into existence via a really stupid event. Um, Coffin Hill. Caught up with that. If you guys aren't reading Coffin Hill and you like horror and creepy spooky things you are doing yourself a huge disservice it is such a great book uh i don't really have a lot of other things to say about it i've been talking about it pretty much since it launched and um i think it's just a plus check it out uh this is the third arc in the series uh and it's just as good as the previous two uh that's it bobby all right (laughs)
1: <laughs> you were very close. You did a good job on that one. Thank you. Very good job. Um, I tell you,
2: of those sorts of events, House of M was one of the better ones. Yes. It was by seeing the other side of people, you got to understand why they were heroes, which was interesting, hmm. that Wanda was crazy considering, you know, she had had twins who were not there. That'll that'll drive you a little crazy. Fictional
1: twins. Fictional yeah. twins
2: um, <laughs> with their synthzoid husband. Uh,
1: yeah, I have I haven't read it. Um, I have it. I haven't read it, uh, but it, it has been affecting. I, I mean, I remember when uh, way back when we had Alan Kistler on the show to, mm-hmm. to prep for AVX, um, and really he said, you know, all this is goes back all the way back to House of M, and it's 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 really kind of affected the X universe ever, ever since then. Um, obviously, AVX re- reversed a lot of what happened there, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's it's interesting to see how one event can kind of tendril out into all these other ones. Where a lot of them, you know, most of the most of the events of that era, you know, were capping off. I think stuff. Um, you know, Civil War. The tendrils of that really haven't, you know, sprung out. No. Uh, you know, Secret Invasion. You know, all that stuff. None of that stuff has really spiraled out as much as House of M.
2: Well, they keep adding new events. Well, yeah. That, that <laughs> truncate whatever was going, yeah. whatever stories could get built off right. of. Right. You know Secret Invasion and some level spider woman still mentions yeah she does yes which is about the only time you hear about her yeah. anymore yeah yeah that's
1: true that's absolutely true a lot of those of her used is like uh this is how weird my life is yeah, like, yeah. Bits <laughs> in in character bits in, in, in different books um very cool all right so i'll start my three minutes here and go um we've got uh the latest issue of amazing spider-man uh one of the things I really liked about it a lot was there's this undercurrent that Peter's dealing with, still dealing with the fallout from Doc Ock, uh, Anna Maria being one of the biggest things in that. You mm. know, uh, Doc Ock started dating her and was going to marry her, and now they're separated. Uh, her bits in the in the story are really, really fun because uh, she's kind of the other voice on the shoulder of Peter who, and trying to uh, kind of get under the skin of his neurosis because he'll be like, oh, I can't do that because this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And she'll be like, just... Just say this, and it's fine. Like, let's just go. You don't. You make things too complicated. She nice. keep saying it throughout the book, which I thought was very, very cool. Um, uh, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen in that book when, when, it, when you know, when we get next month, it's going to be around the end of this normal run. So I don't know what we're leading to at this point. Um, it feels mostly like uh, aftermath from from the the spider um, the spider verse stuff, but we'll, we'll see uh, what comes of it. Um, Uncanny Avengers uh, number three once again, exploring more of Wanda and Pietro's uh, new origins, um, with the high evolutionary and this, all this, this kind of stuff. Uh, it was a really, really good issue. Uh, Pietro and Wanda, um, playing off each other really, really well as brother and sister and a new character introduced that, uh, might have the keys to the secrets of, of who they are and, and what, what's been happening with them. Uh, dying in the dead, uh, number two, uh, Jonathan Hickman, uh, we talked about this book as our, I think it was our first shared book of the week. Yeah. Um, and number two, as it continues, the unexpected, easy to understand, uh, yeah. kind of just a, a fun ride uh, of a Hickman book that's been going on here. Uh, you know, we're very much in the kind of the putting the team together phase, you know, it's going around picking other kind of uh, older gentlemen to help him out with his mission stuff is really good, ends in a way that I, it's the first moment I'm like, I don't really understand why they did what they did, but really cool, I had a smile on my face uh, while I was reading it. So uh, I would recommend it highly. I think that uh, its it feels really good to read month to month <clears throat> and that I don't think you're going to have to read it in a big chunk to understand uh, what was going on. And uh, last thing, uh, Batman and Robin Annual, uh, number three, I believe, is what what it was. Um, uh, This, is, I guess, is really the end of Tomasi's stuff here. Obviously, we're outside of the main story, what was happening, which they wrapped up in the last issue. But uh, this is Batman and Robin investigating a weird disturbance on the moon. Uh, So it's very kind of uh, weird and sci-fi-y and fun and kind of out of the main norm of Batman. And it was a really just different way to go off and do something that really isn't being done very much in the New 52, which is just, you know, there's a serious undercurrent, but silly and just a fun Batman story to end all of it. So those, that's my lightning round. Wow,
2: yeah. that was pretty close.
1: Yeah, it was very close.
2: <laughs> Quick question. In Uncanny Avengers, yes. are we still at Wonder Gore Mountain? Do we still have Bova the Cow Lady? Our... Uh,
1: we, we We're were we not dealing with any of like the particulars yet of, okay. of their origin. Um, I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think they're rewriting all the events that happened. They're just, I think, re-maneuvering who their parents are. Uh, because I think they want to take Magneto out of the equation so that they can, you know, for, for purposes of the fox owning the rights to oh. talk about that stuff. That's what it feels like to me. But again, we haven't gotten into, like, the particulars right now. They're just, they've come to the the kind of high evolutionaries, you know.
2: Okay, that's... That's part of it. Counter yes, Earth yeah.
1: or whatever to figure out.
2: Counter Earth, we're getting to. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah War, They're in, warlock and yeah, oh yeah. They're, they're, that's where they are right now. And, all right.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I don't I have heard all of these things but don't really know too much about yeah. them. Um, and the High Lichery is not it's, it's not a very nice person you know, or thing. I don't know what you would call him. He well he was a man who
2: yeah he's remember the island of. Dr. Moreau, yeah Well, that's yeah. That's, that's what's going that's on who here. Stan grabbed him from and sci-fied him up a whole lot. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, they, uh, he's basically his thing is like he's creating he creates species and he kind of tests them to see if they're right and when yeah. they're not right, he just like eliminates them and yeah. then creates a new one. So that's what's been happening and uh, they're, the, the, the Uncanny Avengers have, they, they ended up here um, and they're all kind of split up and they and it all end up in really bad places and not not good places oh. to be. Uh, but one of the places they end up is this this kind of camp of the 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 also rans the, the the like the you know the misfit toys yeah. and th- they want to they're kind of want to revolt they want to they want to get their rights back they want to mm. be allowed to live and that's kind of the main thrust of this story is the the uncanny avengers trying to help them. Um, so yeah, so that, that it's it's been a really good story so far mm. and. Um, it was really nice because I was so far behind on the, on the, on the main series that when I went back to one, I was able to pick this back up and read it. Um, and it's been very enjoyable. Uh, some really fun Pietro stuff, especially in this issue. And then this new character is, is, she's kind of like, uh, she has like a mix of both of them a little bit in her. So that's why it's, it's like a mystery of, of who she is and how she's linked to them Hmm. as people. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. I'm with that. gonna
2: cross my fingers for Miss America and the Wizard to make an appearance.
1: <laughs> you never know. It is Rick Remender, so you yeah. never know with with that kind of stuff. He love he loves weird stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so that, that was, that's that's my lightning round. Uh, let's talk about uh, books of the week, Bob. What do you got for us?
2: Oh, dokie. It was uh, we we talked off air. It's sort of an interesting week for everybody. No one was really in love giantly with anything. Mm-hmm. Liked a lot of stuff, but nothing really jumped out. So, But for me, the thing that did, and has now for four issues, is Lady Killer by Joel Jones and Jamie S. Rich with colors by Laura Allred. Se- uh, I'm going to say separated from her husband. She's not separated from her husband. <laughs> Don't take it that way. But shorn of Michael Allred's pencils, which, and it's, they're stunning mm. in and of themselves. But this is just another fabulous issue. Uh, just, it always surprises, always something amazing going on. And you've got a really smart blend of a a sixty setting and attitudes, but you've got a, a lead character who just exudes modern woman out of every pore. So it's it's just a wonderful little balance. And in this one, we pick up with Josie Shuler, who's on the wrong side of her agency's desires because she didn't finish off a job she was supposed to do last issue. In case people are playing catch up because I know this is very expensive, I'm not going to spoil anything. Trust me. Uh, I hope. If not, uh, tell me later. But she's finds herself in the sights of a gun held by what you thought was her handler, David Peck, who's now been sent out by her boss to make certain of her mission's completion or her demise. <laughs> From there on, we get car chases, brawls, a visit to a Chinese restaurant, and ballet class for her twin daughters. It's all a day's work, right? <laughs> uh, Jamie is rich. Uh, Joel Jones they just deliver something really special each time out. Story is a clever twist on this madman era with just enough lighthearted kitsch to balance, there's some really violent stuff going on here, but the art is so stylized and kind of cartoony that it's just enough over the top in almost a Tarantino way, where you can mm. look at it as a, it's all a very, very dark comedy. And some of the layouts is one we always talk about how uh, motions within page for a panel, we get this. Mm sort of cutaway view of a of a boarding house as the characters wander up the stairs because, look, Josie's going to need some new allies and that's who she finds here, maybe even a couple. Now, next issue is the last issue and that brings at least this arc to a conclusion. So if I've piqued your interest about this, I don't know how, how quick do we think Dark Horse is generally speaking on trades. or somewhere in the middle of the pack and getting yeah. These I mean, I don't out. know.
1: I don't. I, I haven't ever really looked into how quickly they get their yeah. th- their trades out, so I, I don't
2: know. I'm thinking probably mid summer you'll see this because my understanding is the first couple of issues of this they've been reprinted, but those second printings are going for big bucks already. Hmm. Based on the sales numbers we are looking at, it's just become a what we'd always call a cult classic. Mm-hmm. So Lady Killer number four, totally worth your time to check out. If you can find the other issues at a con or from a dealer who hasn't raised the prices yet, do yourself a favor and pick up Lady Killer from Dark Horse.
1: All right. all right, Stephanie. Hi. 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 You've got a book of the week to talk about. I do. Um, the, it, it's part of the ongoing saga of you and the character of Catwoman, Since (gasps) the start of the new 52.
0: I I know. Uh, I think I may have eloquently called it a piece of shit (laughs) um, when it came out. And I I definitely stood by that up until pretty recently. Um, It was appalling. I couldn't, like, the first issue, I wanted to burn the world down. I was like, what is this? Uh, So on the flight, I picked up... um, all of the new issues at with uh, I, I have two friends, and one of them is French, and her name is Genevieve, and one of them is South African, and she pronounces it Genevieve. So I'm not sure what this particular uh, Genevieve, Genevieve, <laughs> how she pronounces her name, uh, but we're we're just gonna say Genevieve Valentine um, is the new author for this series, and she wrote a book um, that you also read, right, Bobby?
1: Uh, yeah, oh, I read. I read um, like the first few chapters of, of, of mm-hmm. one of her books after she got announced um, as the writer, just to get a sense of her writing style. Yeah.
0: What, what was? Do you rem- remember what it was I don't called? Don't remember the name of the book. No. Yeah, but you, I remember you telling me that it was really good.
1: It was very good. Yeah.
0: Um, but I, I picked it up because I really, really wanted Catwoman um, to get back to that character that I have like loved forever. You know, she's just such a great sassy, saucy uh Minx. And uh I, I picked up this book and was finally like, Yes, they're doing something right. They are doing it right. Uh and you know, like it, it's Catwoman and she's basically like um she's she's kind of like um what's her name in uh Kill Bill uh Ren Oh, uh, Renishi. Ren, yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you. Oh, Renishi. I was mixing up where the O went. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's she's trying to uh take a plate her place in you know this crime syndicate. Uh, after she finds out that she is like the rightful ruler, sort of thing. Uh, she is the heir to this dynasty, this legacy dynasty, legacy whatever, and um. She's she's trying to make Gotham a better place by being a better criminal. Uh, it's all very complicated, but somehow it really, really works. You know, she's still Catwoman. Well, the Catwoman that I like, as opposed to the Catwoman at the beginning of the DC New 52 monstrosity. <laughs> um, and she's getting back to this core of, you know being a bad guy like the anti-hero she is doing right by others uh but in her own way she has her own code and you know like now she has a say in this criminal underworld to make sure that these other thugs you know kind of accept her code um and she's using that to her advantage you know she's not doing any of these uh I don't like this word, but she's not wearing slutty skimpy outfits. There's no gratuitous boob butt shots. Um she's got a pantsuit on and she is classy as shit. Um I I just think that Genevieve, Genevieve is doing it right. Um and through what everyone else has built up and kind of the character that they've destroyed along the way she's picking up the pieces um with her arc which has just been outstanding i read um 35 to 40 which is the entire arc and i loved it the art is great i think it's uh um, jerry brown yes yeah and the covers oh my god if jay lee could draw a catwoman book i could die happy like he just gets how she should be drawn, but Jerry Brown does too. Like I'm not saying that the art in the book, um, you know, it, it's not good because the Jay Lee covers are like better. They're not better; they're just a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am just smitten with this. Is she l- a limited um writer on this? Like, is she? Has someone else been announced, or is she on the book for an indefinite period of time?
1: Uh, they haven't announced anyone else to to write the book. Um, obviously this week as we're going to talk about in a little bit there <clears throat> we we have that the the, the kind of two month break off of of normal books um but catwoman is one of the books staying around i believe
0: mm-hmm. different i think the artist is changing but she is staying i, I i'm really happy to hear that cuz i feel like i don't know if the author was a fan or writer sorry was a fan of the book um you know or the character rather but it just feels like Catwoman again. Mm. It feels like Selena Kyle. Um, and I really, really like that. She makes tough decisions and, you know, like she's not a pushover and her and her monologue sound feels like Selena Kyle and how she acts is so catwoman. Um it was, I think, announced recently that officially Selena Kyle is now by as well. Um, her love interest in this uh arc has been a woman yes um which is a really cool and interesting twist and it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel like pandering it feels like a really natural relationship that has occurred and um, due to you know what's going on in selena's life uh and i thought that was really eloquently taken care of not taken care of uh put forth mm-hmm. um so i can't say enough good things about the new Catwoman. um the issue, I think the zero issue that Rob, Rob Layman did? Am I oh, yeah, of, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was also very John good. John Lehman.
0: John Layman. i yeah. was getting Rob Guillory, the Chew team mixed up. Yeah. Ah, but that issue was very, very good in my opinion. It dropped off again after that. Um, but that's worth checking out. And as of Catwoman issue number 35, I am very happy to say that Catwoman is back.
1: Cool. Do yeah. you... Now... I, I think uh, Steve talked about a little bit last week, and we've talked about it before. Mm. Do you miss her kind of being in the costume and, and doing, you know, like her burglary, kind of being in the trenches, I guess?
0: No, because um, when you read the book, you'll kind of see Catwoman, that Catwoman isn't gone. Mm. Um, another character has taken up the mantle of Catwoman and has been uh, doing... Those things in lieu of uh, Selena Kyle, but again, it doesn't feel like you know it's just there for the sake of it being there. It feels like a really well thought out plot point that you know co or coexists with what's going on uh, with Selena Kyle as underworld uh, crime queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't think I mean I do like those parts of Catwoman's. Um, past but I I respect that things need to change every now and again in books like you can't just have her being a petty thief for you know however many years that she's been around you know switch things up change the story but change the story in a way that keeps the character true to herself and this does that Um, and again if you like the petty thief kind of aspect of it there's still little glimpses of that in the book um, through another character.
1: Right, cool. Yeah. And uh, the name of the book um, was "The Girls of the Kingfisher Club." Was the book that uh, yes. I had talked yeah. about uh, a few months ago when it's like she first. Jazz started. age stuff, right? Yes, yeah, the twenties. Um, so yeah, so that, that's that's cool. I'm I'm it's, I'm happy to hear uh, that that you're enjoying it. I was wondering when you were going to get to it because uh, you are the most passionate about that character. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, my bar was pretty low after the last few arcs, <laughs> but. I feel like this, you know, isn't just good because my bar was low. Mm-hmm. It's good because it's good,
2: right? No, it was. It's a vast improvement. I read the first three, four, mm. and I'm I fell off it because I have the funny feeling it's going to read even better as a trade. Mm. Yeah, it's just I a read great, it all a at deep, once, involved was, story. There you go.
0: Yeah, I read it all at once on the plane, and I I did enjoy it um reading it like in succession. I think episodically. Um it it would be a little clunky, like you need to go back and kind of be like, "What yes, happened I again with that. this? Yeah. What where where did this, you know, person fit into this?" Like I, I definitely enjoyed it more as a whole,
2: um, but well, you know, tons of intrigue because again, it's all the whole gang thing. So not to say it's the Sopranos, but there is quite a bit of who's doing what to who and why, and is there another reason they're doing what they're doing? Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to explore that, but that it's a very long-term story. say, so I'm very glad to hear she is staying
0: yeah, as and, a writer. You know, it's it, it's an interesting dynamic because Catwoman, um vigilantes are never really um friends with the cops for the most mm-hmm. part, and Catwoman doesn't exactly have the best reputation uh yeah. seeing as she is uh you know, a thief. Uh but she was on relatively good terms and now because she's like the crime syndicate she has you know batman coming after her she has the cops coming after her and then she has like all of these crime people to look after and like it's funny because at the heart of it she's the only one out of everyone that's really working to do the right thing and everyone's like she's gonna burn the city to the ground <laughs> and she's like no i'm trying to save the city um so i think it's a i think it's interesting to see noble uh selena yes cool
1: awesome um so it's 35 through 40 now i think right there's yeah. 47 yeah yeah yeah.
0: awesome i think i mean they take forever to put it in trade but yes <laughs> i suspect it'll be soon if maybe but um i just got them all on comiXology well i think in At the 30. last
2: solicits we were talking about this last week i believe where it seemed that in the june previews there Were trades coming before you You would have anticipated this. Right, they're, yeah. they're being a hardcover, they're starting mm-hmm. to get trades out a little more, so that'd, let's be, hope, that'd be good.
1: Yeah. Let's, hope, let's hope that they do that. Um, so, uh, like as Bob was saying, you know, uh, I read stuff this week that I, I liked, um, nothing that really I went crazy for, um, and felt a desire to talk about, so I had to kind of go back into the, the archives and stuff that I hadn't read yet, um, that I had, and uh, obviously, um, I think it was. Friday, Friday, Friday. Yes, Friday. Uh, Daredevil is premiering on Netflix, and uh, they've spoken a lot about the the influences for the show are very deep into the kind of Frank Miller, uh, Born Again, uh, Man Without Fear stuff. Um, and so I didn't, I don't have Born Again, uh, but I had uh, the Man Without Fear, and I heard that there was some. Um, you know, stuff that going to be in the show that's from that. So I want to do a little bit of uh, daredevil reading to, to get myself, uh, caught up. So I have, I had the series daredevil, the man without fear, which came out, um, I believe in 1991, Sounds something about right. like that. Yeah. Uh, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr., Al Williamson, uh, Christy Shield and Joe Rosen. And it was a, um, five issue, uh, mini series originally conceived as a, as a full graphic novel and then split into into five issues and released in kind of a prestige uh format and what I was interesting is that in the second issue there was a note from uh Ralph Macchio, not actor but Marvel right. editor um, his cousin yeah it's really his cousin oh yep. i didn't know that with the same exact name yep that's weird okay yeah. so um saying that you know people were asking like why what happened to the ads? You know that kind of stuff. And he's, well, this, this is Daredevil's thing is it with 30th anniversary at the time. We wanted it to be special. So we got rid of all the ads for just selling it this way, which I thought was pretty yeah. cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, I, what this book is, is it's much, it's sort of like a, um, episodic tale of Matt's kind of entire career up into the point where he really becomes Daredevil. So, you see what happens to him as a kid, you know, when he's in school with Foggy, when he meets Elektra, so on and so forth. think Kingpin rises to power, something like that um, takes you through that 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 arc of, of the man, the boy to the man. And, you know, we, I think that one thing that struck me the most about it, there's two things. One, we John Romita Jr. is obviously still working, um, and we just talked about him a few weeks ago when he gave him that Superman story. And, you know, it was it was this push-pull of some panels look amazing, other panels, do, mm-hmm. they look just downright bad. And, you know, my whole experience with John Romeo Jr. has been basically that, has been all books like that, has been sometimes it looks awesome, sometimes it looks like crap. Um, it's amazing to go back, you know, 20 years or so, 25 years yes, now yeah. at this point, and look at something he did then when he's in the prime of his career, when he's, you know, uh, probably doing around his best work. Um, and look at what he can do in something like the man without fear, which is just like, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful stuff. Um, it's consistent. It's, it's conceptual when it needs to be. It's realistic when it needs to be, it's emotional when it needs to be. It's, it's stunning when it needs to be. It's just really, you know, great art. I, I think all the way around. And what I think is interesting about his take on this is that, you know, there it's it's definitely John Romita Jr but you can tell that he is i think sort of channeling miller in in some aspects like some of the the character design some of the paneling uh definitely reminds me of of miller drawn stuff um but obviously with the, with the John Romita Jr kind of flair to it that was one thing that struck me the other thing that struck me was i, I think we've gotten to the point now where um frank miller is is, is talked about more with the police are coming to get me for talking yeah. <laughs> uh, badly about frank miller um uh with, with with more derision than it is with praise right we he, he's proven himself to be s- at least publicly to be sort of a miserable um kind of ass it's, it's kind of what what he has seemed to be yeah. um, take, yes i don't know if yeah. I, I no, i don't know anyone knows him personally uh, he might be a perfectly pleasant person in his personal life yeah. he does not seem that way w- when you hear him do interviews or when he talks about anything um so you know I think a lot of that has colored the way that it, I think a lot of people even look back on him and uh, and it has also made people who maybe never liked him feel like they're vindicated for never liking him yeah. because of that stuff. But going back and reading this it it was a stark reminder to me that he was a great writer. Like there there is there is a poetry to the way that this is written at times mm-hmm that is pretty amazing. Um you know, it, the 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 use of language sometimes it's very stark and it's you know, they got that Hemingway ask like just the words you need and, and that makes it beautiful. And other times where it's it, it's more flowery and, and it's more descriptive and it it even though he's dealing with a lot of dark stuff here, there's an obvious love for the character and a love for superheroics and a love for, you know, comics and, and how they work mm-hmm. here. And I was struck by that reading these issues because, you know, I I don't think I've, I really haven't read much Frank Miller since we started doing this show. You know, I've obviously read, you know, a lot of the big Batman stuff, but a lot of their stuff I really haven't dug into very much. And, um, I was really pleased reading this. I like, I didn't want to put it down, you know, one of those kind of things. I was just kind of filming through like, oh my God, this is great. And, you know, it just reminded me how great of a writer he was and how it's easy to look back and think about his personality now and 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 have it affect the way his work felt then. But, um, you know, I just found it to be a, a great, great read and a great, you know, kind of overview of who Daredevil, but def- Daredevil is. Definitely feels like a celebration of the character and nice that it came along, uh, I think, on his anniversary like that. Um, I don't know if there's something you've ever read, Bob. Yeah, I
2: read it years you know, yeah. when it was out. Mm. The thing with Miller at that point, he... Certainly loved, you know, Stephanie was talking about uh, film noir before. Mm. Definitely loved that whole period of right. motion pictures. You could tell that was in his DNA. Mm. He, he certainly had some of the Hemingway, this Mickey Spillane in what he yeah, does. definitely. But, but I think, and this is what's so sad about one of the things he did recently that we all snort at. Mm. He definitely was channeling Will Eisner and the spirit. Because mm. the spirit was set in dark alleyways and in crazy angles and Rain always pouring down, and all this sort of atmospheric stuff that that are in these books. But Eisner stuff was so filled with deep characters, mm-hmm. and Miller in this period gave you something new about Matt and Foggy. The Electra is his, mm-hmm. and we tend to forget that right, in yeah. the wake of all that's happened mm-hmm. since. But it's one of the great creations in comic book history in the last thirty years or so. Right. <sighs> It's it's a shame you know, we we can't always separate the art from the artist.
1: Mm-hmm. There was there's this this thing at the beginning of issue two which I forgot forgot to talk about where Matt has been trained for a little while by the Stick character mm-hmm. who's another person that Frank Miller yep. created um, and you know he he wants Matt to be this force for good and he has a set of rules and you do this and you know whatever and um, Matt after Matt's father you know dies. Um, Matt wants revenge. Matt wants to find out who did it, and he wants them to make them pay. Um, and he's he's not trying to kill anybody, but he's gonna he's beating the hell out of them and basically leaving them from the cops to find. Um, and Matt makes a mistake. Matt goes overboard, and someone does die—not even the person he was going for, right? There's someone else. And it 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 completely haunts him, right? And and Stick abandons him because he has gone against what he's supposed to do. And there's this interesting undercurrent in all the issues of Matt becoming a lawyer and why he does it. And Matt realizing that you know every time he steps outside the rules, someone ends up getting hurt, and it's this great like kind of developing of this morality over a time, and um, the relationship between him and Electra is that they the show here is honestly much sweeter than I expected to be, you know, coming out of a, a Frank Miller book. You know, it's uh, um, it was cool to read it, and and, and I I want to go back, and I, I haven't read um, the Born Again stuff, which I believe is '80s, the early '80s. Yeah. Um, it's his first time with the character, and I want to go back and read that because I know that's a lot of stuff that's going to be in this as well, and that we're going to see on, on Netflix th- this week. But you know, I, I find that there's something about I love the the Mark Wade version of the character, but I I I feel like there's there's very rarely it does happen to me. There's room in my brain for both the kind of more happy go lucky, um, not happy go lucky, but more humorous Matt. And this other Matt, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. they exist. They both exist, and I in, enjoy reading both of them very much. I, I I really like the kind of the religious overtones of, of that of that the more serious stuff. You know, I I, I like all that stuff as well. So uh, yeah, it was it's nice. It was nice to read it, um, and again to remember that Frank Miller was a was a great writer at, at one point or another. Uh, very cool. Um, all right, so I think uh, we're gonna take a little break before we talk yeah. about Convergence. Uh, we have Convergence number zero to talk about. So. What we're going we're to do is we're going to um, we're going we're gonna to talk about what we thought of it. but We're also going to break yeah. it down because I know a lot of people maybe d- didn't read it or read it, and I'm not, not sure what happened in it. Um,
0: the nameless made more sense.
1: <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about the conference books that are coming out this week as, as well because there's a lot yeah. of them, um, a lot of them with creative teams coming back that you might you might be interested in, even if you're not interested in, in reading the, the mainline event. So it's like a little break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Alright, we are back. It's time to talk about Convergence number zero, um, DC's newest event, which uh, number one issue kicks off this week, uh, as well as all the tie-ins, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But the zero issue came out last week um, to try and uh, give you a primer for what convergence was going to be all about. Um, it was written by Dan Jurgens and Jeff King, with art by Ethan Van Sciver uh, and colors by uh, Marcelo M- Mayolo. That well. sounds right. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. So, uh, Bob, you assigned Convergence Zero. Sure. So, as always, when the person the person who assigns the book, it's up to them to talk about what
2: happened in the book. Well, <laughs> what did happen in the book is one of the questions I would have. But here's the deal. I was thrown into the deep end of the pool here because, except for Superman 39 from a couple of weeks ago, I haven't been reading much of Superman mm-hmm. in this new incarnation but I was fairly quickly into the story. It is sort of standard in a certain way, except that Superman's been captured by a galacticized Brainiac. And when did that happen exactly? <laughs> I, I, that was a little disconcerting. I'm used to the regular fellow. And it's part of an experiment that Brainiac is, is conducting to break Superman's resolve because he's interested in those who've triumphed over death. So he sort of shows Superman in a lovely two-page spread, by the way, a series of his own deaths, whether it's the sort of uh, final crisis, Superman, Doomsday. We've got some stuff from the '50s with Luther giving him kryptonite poisoning. We've got a Red Suns kind of Superman going on in the background. It looks like a I don't know. It looks like the Sphinx back there from Marvel on one of those floating <laughs> rocks. And of course, Brainiac is a little upset because he's conquered all these times and watched all his death. The one timeline he can't get to is the new fifty two apparently, so he's got Superman tied to some giant machine, and it's apparently a series of incarnations of brainiac. he's he's all brainiac all at once, and so which one's the real one? i you, you got me on this i'm I'm lost. I'm hoping some of my teammates here can help me out. Superman escapes, of course, because he's Superman, and finds himself on a planet millions of miles from everywhere, except there are some brainiacs, and it's a living planet, and there are all these array of cities. It's the Earth 2 metropolis of the Daily Star. It's the Nazi New York that mm-hmm. we just saw probably in Masterman, right, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. at a certain level. Commandes ruined New York. Fawcett City of, because you see Wiz, that's mm-hmm. the radio station that Billy Batson worked at. And this garden of cities has been planted by Brainiac, mm-hmm. which we're assuming, I guess, is their battle world. Yeah, is starting to look more and more like Secret Wars mm-hmm. every minute. There's a skirmish. Superman, uh, spoiler, gets sent home mm-hmm. because since that timeline and that city's not here, they have nowhere to put him. Yeah. He's going to get sent back, not remembering, and then the Brainiacs converge and grow back together into some lumpy thing that might be a giant <laughs> brainiac? I'm not sure what you want to call him. But he's interesting looking. I mean, there's some interesting character designs through all this and really some lovely artwork. As a as a zero issue to be the non-necessary start of this series, because I'm sure the first issue is going to recap some of this. It's innocuous enough as it is. For such a big event, considering they planned this to get themselves off The Schneid, while they were moving, it's a little lacking, I'm thinking. I'm certainly going to buy the first one. I am a little scared of where (laughs) this is all going because of a couple of lines in here that leads me to think we're into battling heroes. You know, my favorite thing. Yours too, Stephanie, I'm pretty sure. So, I don't know. If I'm grading... I'm probably saying a B minus. I think it's a nice attempt, but somehow lacking in particulars. There's just not enough there there in, in some levels. What do you think, Steph? Where, am I way far off on this, or are we? am I in the ballpark? No, you're good. Okay, you're good. I'm good.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, I read it today, and... You know, I probably should have read it when it came out so that I could have read it every other day afterwards and possibly have made sense of it. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. I, like, did Grant Morrison write this? Did He did not. No. I mean, I know he did it, but, I know, like, I know. maybe no. Jeff King and Dan Juergens is actually, like... Together they form uh, Grant Morrison, like
1: a Voltron. Yes, yeah, exactly. to Grant Morrison. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm thinking that because, like, honestly, the Nameless made more sense. I was like, "What is happening? What? I need a zero issue for the zero issue."
2: Like, <laughs> that's great. Isn't
0: the zero issue supposed to be like the like lead into everything? It shouldn't be more confusing. <laughs> what are you
1: guys doing? Um, yeah, it was interesting. Like they, th- I feel like they were, and much you like charged
0: a- $5 for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> much like a Grant Morrison book. They were withholding information, I think on purpose. Uh, but, uh, so obviously Stephanie, you, the, there's a confusion about the plot. Uh, what do you think of the art, by the way?
0: I, mm, I did not think it was great. Okay. I thought that like, there was like this one panel with, power girl holding superman and i was like mm-hmm. but how is her butt at the same level as her shoulder
2: you know i and just she's noticed holding that
0: holding superman how I'm, how does that yes. happen i don't think she's that flexible how what, <laughs> what?
2: i you know you now that you mentioned that i didn't even see her butt <laughs> I, and it is it is not possible unless you're mr fantastic to be yes. in that position
0: i was like what who
2: yes, that is terrible. What is
0: this? Were you tracing a Slinky?
2: <laughs> it's Slinky dog with a boob window.
0: Hey. But like yes. the art, I mean, the art is obviously better than what I can do. So, you know, I'm saying all this with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs>
1: is I that your just... is that your new barometer for all yeah. art? <laughs> this is better yes. than I could do. <laughs>
0: It's better than what I could do. (laughs) Uh, Baguette. Um, But, like, I mean, it wasn't the worst art I've ever seen in a comic book, obviously. Um, But it also really wasn't on par with anything that I would actively seek out. This is Mm not creative stuff I would follow.
1: Um, I mean, I think it's very... uh... Old school? It's not really old school. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's very house. Like, it's very, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a style that we've seen kind of DC get away from more recently um, with, with, with their, the, you know, diversifying their art styles. But it's, um, Ethan Van Scriver, obviously, is a is an artist that's been working for a very long time. He worked with Jeff Johns on Green Lantern and many other things. Um, and, um, you know, I think he's a good artist. And, and I think some of the, I think there are certain pages and panels here that I think are pretty fantastic. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the one giant, like, metal, burgundy page where you yeah. see you see all those different cities uh, there's a lot of detail there um and a lot of stuff going on which I, which i liked um you know i i think that um the superman is is like the little bit more muscly than i like superman mm-hmm. but not overboard so you know i think it i think it, it's it's a pretty good mix of, of of the style that i kind of kin to it and you know that very very muscly style um so there was something i really liked, like the, the 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 first time you see the giant brainiac face i thought lots of good detail there as well um as far as the story goes i think that i read the book i read it twice and um because the, these sorts of um you know over not overdeveloped but overstuffed and 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 kind of dimension spanning and kind of information withholding stories interests me so i wanted to see if i could break it down and i think that once you've read it once and then you read it again i think it's once you know the ending it makes the rest of it kind of much more easy to digest um and take on and you know, the sense i get is that there is this um you know if you think about it in the in the in the multiverse sense there's all these different universes and in all these different universes there's there's a brainiac but there's sort of like um, if you remember that that guidebook, multiverse guidebook, there's that one sphere that never changes, like the God sphere or whatever, right? It's like where Dark Side is and all these you know the people are. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels to me like this one Brainiac kind of exists in that sphere where he doesn't. He's like the the alpha, like you know Brainiac, and all these other universal ones are kind of parts of his intelligence that he sent out to all these different universes. Um, th- th- I think the part that gets confusing and and, and the part that I think that muddies of the waters is that and i would say that we're going to talk out this issue a little bit because again it's a zero issue we want people to understand what's going on and we also want people to be ready for what's coming this week um is that this planet is has like a consciousness to it and it has the only human the only being it's ever seen are the different variations of brainiac and so it, inha- it it takes the form of Brainiac to talk to Superman mm-hmm. because it's the only thing it knows. So those are the, all the Brainiacs that he's talking to. I think, except for really like the first one, um, are all just manifestations of yeah. this planet's consciousness, um, which is a confusing thing to say in it on its own. Whether or not get the message across in a book uh, throughout the whole entire thing, it um, hurt my my <laughs> And the and the idea is that Brainiac is been like you said about testing all these worlds and, and examining them, and kind of like the bottle city of candor type of thing, um, taking cities that are going to die and are being eliminated and uh, bringing them to this this planet that 's outside time and space and I, 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 I in a lot of ways, I think it's um, Jurgens and King fictionalizing the kind of meta state of the DC universe over the years, you know, much like Grant Morrison did a little bit of multiversity as well. Um, saying like these reboots of universes and these merging of universes, um, that, w- that were perpetrated by, you know, people in suits, and, and, you know, and everything and people behind desks, like there, there's a fictional reason for it. And we're going to give you the fiction. And, and in those times where those universes are ending, Brainiac came in and took these cities and that's what, and they survive. And that's where you get the convergence because now all of these cities are going to be in the same place. And they're going to be, I think, be aware of each other. Um, so uh, that's the sense I get from it, right? And that's that's the lead into Convergence. Um, th- I think there are some narrative, you know, gymnastics happening here because they even say, like, you know, Superman won't remember everything he's learned when he goes back to Earth. Yeah. Um, he's kind of your portal into this, I think, and they're using his character. And I, I one of the things I did like about it was that it seemed like Superman... Who is a character who, like we've talked, we talked about a couple weeks ago, has kind of not been the lead of the universe that he basically started for a for a while now, and this is him at the forefront of this event, which is I I feels very classic to me. Um, uh, But it seems like just like their previous stuff when they did stuff like this, um, it feels very akin to to a crisis type of uh, type of book. and that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you feel about those things. Uh, I, I I am wondering how much of this kind of heady stuff is going to happen in the main event, or if that's going to be basically a lot of just the ins and outs of these different worlds coming together. I, I, I don't know.
2: No, no way to know yet. Yeah. It seems as if the regular books are visits into these worlds, yeah. and it's their little incursion events, Mm -hmm. so to speak, as one world butts into another for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. The main book could be very straightforward. It could be loopy. Right. And there's no way to really know from this because it's a little of both, which is a little off-putting in a way. Mm -hmm. You don't know where... If it was full Grant Morrison, you could almost embrace and say, oh, this is so screwball. This is just so convoluted. I may not understand it, but I love it anyway. Mm -hmm. And this is neither fish nor fowl.
1: Right, right, gotcha. Um, Stephanie, uh, w- was there anything you took away from that, that you liked? Let's let's start with that.
0: Uh, Adam Hughes' variant cover?
1: <laughs> it's, it's okay to say no. I just wanted to ask. if there anything you took away from it?
0: I took away that because of this, a Stephanie Brown back girl will be in existence. So by proxy, I don't completely hate this. There you yes.
1: go. <laughs> um, and that's one of the things we'll talk about as well. Are, are the I mean, this week I don't think the Stephanie Brown book is it is out this week. Yes, okay, so we will talk about that. Um, one of the things I felt was interesting, and Bob, I wanted to get your opinion mm-hmm. on this was the back of the book, right? And, and this is something we also saw sort of in multiversity as well, um, were these listing of books that are going to be involved in this universe. Yes.
2: Now the, the thing was with that multiversity guidebook that. As we talked about when we discussed how wonderful it was, Mm. how many people didn't pick it up because they thought it was a guidebook and didn't realize it was really part of the story. Mm. Here it is, just a guidebook stuck at the end. Mm. I owned, I can't tell you how many of these books. Maybe not (laughs) Sugar and Spike over here, but I did own a lot of these things. And they have the Tangent comics and all sorts of bizarre Elseworlds and 50s stuff and funny animal books like Captain Carrot and Shazam and so on and on and on. Just imagine Stanley's Batman thrown into the mix. What I don't get about this is okay, there are fourteen Gotham cities we're going to visit. Mm. It is really splitting hairs and and as someone who loves minutia, don't get me wrong, <laughs> this is getting really very fine cuts mm-hmm. into some of these things, the difference between the Zero Hour and Infinite Crisis, and I'm sure I'm going to be corrected by <laughs> someone who's a fan. I was dropping off as we went, as those things kept happening. There's not, There can't be that much difference between some of these Batman mm-hmm. for me. I'm sure they'll find a way to show us, and it might be more interesting in that way than I think of. We're going to see as we go. We're going to get to see... Characters in iterations, no, very few people have ever seen before because they go back a very, very long way. And how they all interact. The, the Superman in this issue, our new 52 Superman, he seemed very angry in this issue. Now, <laughs> yeah. Bad things are happening, but he, I, I'm more used to the stand up resolute guy. So mm-hmm. maybe this new 52 guy won't get along so well with the Clark Kent of the Bizarro world or, mm-hmm. or so on and so forth. I, I had a lot more fun going through these covers in the back and reading them than I did the comic. Sorry,
1: but that's I mean that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I like going through them as well and seeing what what they were bringing back. You know, one of the things I like about this, um, it's it's similar to the thing I like the one thing I like about Secret Wars as well, which is that we're gonna get to visit these titles and yes. worlds and ideas and creators doing certain books that we wouldn't get to otherwise. And that's the one thing about both of these events that um I like quite a bit. I like the idea of, you know, getting to see pre Crisis Earth Two and Pre Crisis Earth One and um, you know, pre New Fifty Two this and, you know, some of the the, the spin-off universes and Elseworld stories being drawn in and, and getting to see how, how how they go and and getting to revisit those places for the first time in a very, very long mm-hmm. time. Um you know I do agree with you. I think there are like, you know, I, I I don't I don't I don't totally understand. I I mean maybe all of these have inflection points in their in, in in their stories and these issues that, you know, things went one way or another so you get kind of like that, you know, sliding doors type mm-hmm. of situation where, you know, in the, you know, in the countdown stuff, it went this way, but you know, in this one, it, it's before the the directional change, so it's yeah. like this. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I also don't know um, how fine they're going to get with describing what is what and what isn't. You know, are we just going to get, like, five Batmans in the same place, or is it going to be like, you know, I, I, I'm guessing it's going to be like, okay, so we have Stephanie Brown, Batgirl, and she's meeting, you know, Injustice Batwoman. Yeah. Uh, what? What? I don't. I. I don't know. I. I so yeah, I don't
2: know who's coming in to fight yeah, with yeah. them or whatever. Sure.
1: I think when they originally made some of the announcements, they talked about that stuff. But I. I, I mean, obviously, I don't remember about that stuff. Well, I am. I'm not
2: excited. Excited, mm. but I am more interested in. The convergence tie-in issues, more of them than I am any of the Marvel ones, mm. for the most part, and less interested in the series as a whole. Mm. But I'm. Probably going to have to follow it to see if I want to jump back on board to some of these books or at least wait for some more solicitations to see what the next universe is going to look like. Hmm. If they even have it planned out that far. Are sales figures going to direct some of these one shots to become minis or continuing?
1: Who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, Stephanie, you mentioned the the Batgirl book, um, the 70-round Batgirl book. So that book is coming out. Um, this week, uh, convergence Uh background number one. Uh, Alyssa Whitney. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say say her name. Uh, it's K W I T N E T N Y K W I T N E Y. And Rick Leonardi on art. Um, it says, starring heroes from the pre-Flashpoint DCU, after a year living under the confinement of the Dome, Stephanie Brown isn't sure she wants to be back girl again, but when she's attacked by Catman and Gorilla Grodd from the world of Flashpoint, she's forced to put on the cape and cow to fight alongside Red Robin and Cassandra Cain. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, and, and uh, So... I, I guess the idea, and you can kind of, you can kind of parse out the idea, right, from, from, uh, of, of the Zero Issue from reading some of these descriptions. So, it is, they had these bottle cities and Stephanie Brown has been in one of them because mm-hmm. at the end of 52, her character was obliterated, basically, yeah. um, along with Cassandra Kane and this this red robin and stuff like that so they've been in their kind of bottled gotham i'm going to guess for for a, for a year and 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 now what what's going to happen you know what, what what they get to check in on them um uh stephanie I, I know you're excited to see stephanie brown again um do you know the the writer at all have you read anything that she's
0: done no
1: okay i have no um, idea
0: who this person is uh, <laughs> but let me warn you that you better not mess this up
1: Uh, she written a few graphic novels Uh, she wrote uh, Sandman King of Dreams um, as well as Vertigo Visions The Phantom Stranger um, for for DC so she has she has um, experience uh, writing books I will cut you (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie what what would be something that what would make a great Stephanie Brown Batgirl book for you like what are you looking for from this issue
0: Waffle
1: I knew she was gonna (laughs)
2: say that yes (laughs) beautiful
0: (laughs) um i just want like the brian q miller stuff really was just a lot of fun to read you know there were serious issues and serious vigilantism but it was also mixed in with fun there was you know just this great character uh that at the heart of it wanted to do the right thing and wanted to you know also be a normal kid and you see that a lot in the team up issue with her and uh Supergirl where they fight Dracula and they're just like, we want to just be normal. Um, But it was what I feel like comics should be. And, you know, that's coming at a time during Batman Reborn, which was a very dark period. Um, And that says a lot when you speak about DC Comics. Uh, And I just want someone to bring back that sort of essence again and just have a fun story that makes people remember how awesome um, that run with Stephanie Brown was. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, I don't really have any specific things, um, you know, that I want to see. It's just kind of um, the tone and uh, the character that I really want to see, you know, kind of in an adventure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, it's exciting for me as well because we got um, a Tim Drake action happening as well, and I love the relationship between Stephanie and Mm -hmm. Tim. I think it's great. Um, And so I'm excited to see how how that all shakes out. Um, uh, Bob, I mean, obviously you're a huge Barbara fan, but uh, these other Batgirls, are you interested in this issue? Sure.
2: No, first of all, in the Stephanie Brown issues, Barbara was... Very prominent, mm-hmm. you know, as a mentor, older sister, all sorts of things. So it's, it was a, I, I have those. I actually have not read all of them as of yet. I'm only halfway through. But just as Stephanie says, it was not so light as to be frothy and float away. There were major issues told from a sort of a real world standpoint. That's what a real girl of that age, what would you say she was in those issues? Sixteen, seventeen, maybe. So? I think she's a bit older because she's in college.
0: Okay. So I think she's probably 18, okay. yeah, like maybe okay. nineteen twenty. Because she also went through some serious crap in Batman. I mean, I believe um she was a pregnant teen, um and I mean she was killed. Uh, something that is you know you're just never the same when you come back from that. <laughs> no, Never no we've
2: seen that over and over yeah. again.
1: We all know that from personal experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Uh, I
2: died once, but I got better. Yeah. But
0: at the heart of it, like she, you know, uh, death and <laughs> comic book rebirth aside, there was a lot of real issues that were dealt with in the, through that character. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, DC was like, they distanced themselves from her. Like, we can't have her tarnishing our reputation that's what they sound like um and they're just like oh all these people like this tarnished girl <laughs> yeah we do we do
1: with definitely. maple syrup <laughs> well i mean they've uh, right we we definitely seen them take a step back towards a uh the the lightness coming back into their yeah. universe so it's a perfect time for for i think for this this tie-in issue um we have also we also have uh uh, Batman and Robin convergence coming out, uh, written by Ron Mars, with art by Dennis Cowan. Uh, Cowan, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, pre fifty free Flashpoint DCU being trapped in a dome city makes for a tense, inescapable family reunion as Batman struggles to keep the friction between Damian Wayne and Jason Todd from exploding. I have no idea what to expect from this. I don't because these are all characters obviously that exist in the 50, new fifty two, so I don't know how they're. I guess Damien will just be a major jerk again because yeah. it, that's what he was before the new 52 started and they've kind of reclamated his character. Um, I'm not sure what, what, at what point we're talking about Red Hood, Jason Todd here. Or are we talking like first come back, like I kill people a bunch? Or sure. are we talking about like reformed now into a hero, Jason Todd?
2: So yeah, that's another point. Where in these other mm-hmm. universes are they? I hadn't thought of that yeah. exactly. Well, I was thinking it's right at the end, but it may not be.
1: Yeah. Um, is this also, does that mean this is this Bruce? As Batman, or is this Dick, Dick. as Batman? We don't know.
2: Huh. Well, he's in that other book with Oracle. He as is Nightwing. He is, but there's but many the, universes. He is. Oh, it's, so, so we'll see. Confusing. We'll see
1: what happens there. Um, Convergence Harley Quinn, written by Steve Pugh, obviously known more as an artist. Animal mm-hmm. Man Invaders, um, art by Phil. Uh, Winslade Winslade, Winslade. Um, Life for like... Harley Oops sorry go ahead No go ahead Stephanie uh,
0: Like just from the cover It's almost like An exact replica Of Gotham City Sirens
1: Yeah that that's yeah. I got well that's, That is that uh, is Steve Pugh Is the cover artist So I'm not sure What the interiors look like I'm sure that um, There are previews out there But I don't read previews So <laughs> uh, Life for Harley Quinn Has been downright normal Over the last year Will she be ready To go nuts When Catwoman And Poison Ivy Draft her to fight Captain Carrot <laughs> It sounds fun to me. Yes, <laughs> that sounds like a, a good a good time uh, to be had in, in that book. Um, you know, I don't know what CPU is like as a writer. We, we I think he's a great artist, but as a writer, we we don't know. Um, you know, and, and I think that a lot of the, what we're getting here is I think there's equal chance for some of these unknowns and r- artist turned writer books you are going to get one or two things probably you're going to get one either it just kind of feels like a B team we're just putting this out because we need to have books yep. out for our transition time or you know it's going to you're going to get the revelation about people you didn't know well, before what a great new talent that we exactly, didn't believe exactly yeah. exactly um i hope this is one of those uh because the idea the premise sounds like a lot of fun um one i'll probably definitely pick up uh this week um let's see uh justice league is uh Written by Frank Thierry with art by Vicente Cifuentes, going to guess. Nicely done. uh, With a nice Mark Buckingham cover uh, on this one. Uh, The Justice League uh, story you've never expected to see begins when Supergirls, Atana, Vixen, and Jade attend Jesse Quick's baby shower, which quickly turns into a life-and-death struggle with Flashpoint Aquaman. Um,
2: It's a shower, after all.
1: yeah, Yeah, so I like... All of those characters that they mentioned yeah. there. Nice to see Jesse Quick back in the, yes. back in the mix. Um, the whole Flash family is 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 good on my book. So any of those people who come back. Uh, I love it. Um, it's interesting because Flashpoint Aquaman is like not really a bad guy, but in that universe, him and Wonder Woman are like. The two rulers of the world. I yes. hated that movie. Or, I watched the movie. Well, hated. the movie's horrible. Okay, the movie, well, the movie, but the movie is not. I like the book. I didn't like okay. the movie nearly as much. Um, so that's what the Flashpoint Aquaman thing okay. uh, will be. I, I like this idea. You know, I like the the characters that yeah. are listed. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know what will come of it, but I do enjoy that. Uh, as well so
2: far you are focusing on all the fun ones which is good yeah, i'm they're, just they're going some
1: fun I'm just going in the order yeah, that I I, I I open them in it's
2: not, it's go. not even it's not,
1: oh, not over- we're not going
2: darker yeah. as we go or anything
1: seven if you want to chime in on any of them just just chime in oh i will uh, bobby oh okay <laughs>
2: uh
1: convergence nightwing and oracle number one uh writer oh. gail simone art by jan dersima dersima okay
0: as a sidebar Two, yeah. to this speaking of oracle I've convinced Oma to come to Toronto Fan Expo in September in a wheelchair as Oracle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. That's pretty good. Just saying. Just just saying, everyone. I like it. I was going to go with Professor X, but I think
0: (laughs) uh, she looks better in a red wig than bald.
2: (laughs) Why don't you – is she doing one day or two days?
0: We haven't decided yet. I think one day, though. I'm going to strap a GoPro to her shoulder. And yes. just live stream the whole thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you do like, day two, she could be Vengeance Moth.
0: Ooh, I like
1: that. You, you need one GoPro. You need two. You need one facing out and one facing her face. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: On, on a fishing rod. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. She laughed and shook her hands around a lot. Um, yeah. So Oracle, the comic. Yes. Written Nightwing by Gail and some other person. Uh, art saying. by
1: Jan Dersma. Oh, yep, okay, That. Uh, just yep. as they've finally been reunited, the romance between Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon is sentenced to execution by Flashpoint Hawkman and Hawkwoman. God damn it.
2: <laughs> damn Darn those. Darn hawks.
1: <laughs> <Come on.
2: laughs> That's Blackhawk. So, Bob, uh, you excited about this one? Very much so. Uh, the chance to have Gail Simone writing Oracle again, one of my absolute favorite characters ever. Even if it's only for two issues, I'm thrilled. mm and with any luck at all, it'll continue. <laughs> but even if not, I have two new slices to put in the in the memory archives and so on and so forth. So g- good to go for me. Cool. Really happy. Stephanie,
1: I'm, I'm assuming that you are excited for this one? Yes.
0: <laughs> I am. <laughs> I've, I would have been happier if the Oracle stuff tied into the Batgirl issues. Like, I think she fits better there because... They all kind of, you know, did that team up thing and the birds of prey. But mm-hmm. I'm also I'm I, I'm generally just stoked for this. I think mm. it'll be a good issue. Um, and you know,
1: Gail Simone, absolutely. And we get to see Dick being Nightwing again, and he's wearing the blue. He's wearing the old yeah. old fashioned blue stuff. Um, Next, uh, Convergence Speed Force, number one. This is written by Anthony Bedard with art by Tony Grummet. Um The fastest family alive loses its powers as Wally West and his kids face an uncertain future while trapped away from home. Will they be able to outrun the chaos that follows the arrival of Flashpoint One Roman? Plus, don't miss the most unexpected Zoo Crew character of all. I don't understand that last sentence at all.
2: Is Captain that the Carrot Carrot Zoo Crew? Oh, yeah. Okay. All
1: right. okay. I should have referenced back to our Convergence issue, which... Which had that a couple issues of that, um, so I'm of two minds of this issue because I love the Flash family. I love all of them. Um, I love Wally and and the the quick the quick clan mm-hmm. and Jay Garrick. Obviously, all of them together. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. I mean, Tony Todd is a good writer. Um, I, I've never been like floored by stuff he's re- written. So uh, I. I don't. I, I want to be excited, but I'm also not that excited. I, I'm in the weird place with this because the idea of it is great to me. It's just the I don't know if the team is going to knock it out of the park. But I'm definitely going to pick up the first issue and and, and try it out. Um, and all these like, uh, you know, all these convergence issues have Chip Kid variant covers, which I think are so, are really really cool. Are really really cool. Um, also,
2: they all seem to have Flashpoint characters as villains. They, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was wrong with those people?
1: <laughs> Convergent Superman number one, a powerless Superman is called upon to protect Gotham City and his pregnant wife, Lois Lane. Aw. <laughs> That's uh, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Lee Weeks. Uh, very, very good team there, obviously. Yeah. Um, very accomplished Superman writer and a, and a great, great artist. Lee Weeks is a great artist.
2: Uh, Bob, what do you think about that? Lois and Clark back together. I think it's glorious. I'm... Scared because they can't have a married Superman. We've heard you can't have married <laughs> characters. So I think the, this group of people is not surviving the Convergence event.
1: Um, we also have Convergence Adam, number one, written by Tom Payer, with art by Steve uh, Yowl. Uh, There's a mysterious voice in Ray Palmer's head. Does that mean the Adam is going mad? To find out what's really going on, I have to go down, uh, down a road that will pit him against the ever-deadly
2: Deathstroke. Um.
1: So, yeah, I guess this has something to do with that kind of tangent world atom, I guess. because oh, okay.
2: They, show, they did show that cover.
1: Yeah, that's that's the atom they address <laughs> in the back of the issue zero. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that has something to do with whatever's going on here. Um, yeah, I didn't
2: see any other atom yeah. now that you say that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm going to assume. Um I'll be interesting how the Adam stuff does, just because he's obviously become a character that more people know about now after the Arrow stuff. So yeah, uh, but that is
2: the Brandon Troy, or is that the Ray Palmer? That's, uh, that's Ray? Ray Palmer. Okay. Yeah,
1: it's Ray Palmer. Um, we've got uh, Convergence: The Question, number one, written Ooh. by Greg Rucka, art by Cully Hammer. Two Face is fighting another world's Harvey Dent, and it's up to Renee Montoya as the Question to help him beat the odds. This is this another one you're
2: excited for, Bob? Yes. Though this doesn't sound much like convergence; more like an issue of the question. <laughs> Fine by me. Greg Rucker writing the question? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, this is the one I'm probably most excited for. Yeah. Is, is is this definitely? It's a uh, for anyone who read uh, those Detective Comics Batwoman books, uh, the backups in them were always these mm-hmm. question stories, and they were always fantastic. Um, and I, I, I think one of the great, one of my biggest losses in in the changeup of the universe was losing that character instead of have her back and have him, the guy who writes her the best, uh, writing her, I think is, is just wonderful. Um, and the final tie-in this week is Convergence Titans, number one, written by, I can never say this, la- Fabian Nic- Nicieza. Nicieza, with art by Ron Wagner. Starfire and Donna Troy tracked down Arsenal who retreated after the loss of his arm and the death of his daughter, but what will they find, What what but what they find is more terrifying than they could ever have expected. Um... So I mean, I don't have a lot of hope for this book. I'm not gonna wanna be a negative <laughs> Nelly. Uh uh I'll just I'll just call him Fabian. Yeah. <laughs> uh he's been writing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I've only read kind of the more recent stuff. He did Teen Titan stuff when it first relaunched in Fifty Two, and it it wasn't great. Um so I don't have a lot of faith that this is going to be something I'm going to be excited to read. He was
2: great back on the Thunderbolts, going back a long time. So maybe he'll hit a new stride with a new world to play with?
1: Maybe. I mean, the, he was writing back when, like, the 90s X-Men stuff, too, yeah. right? And stuff like that. Um, that's most where I remember his name from. I Because um, I remember hearing a podcast with Jeff Loeb where he talked about, uh, like, uh, Age of Apocalypse or whatever. And, yep. and he was one of, like, the big writers at, at that time as well. Um yeah, so Bob, of those books, which are the ones you're definitely picking up?
2: I'm definitely picking up Batgirl, Harley, Nightwing, Oracle, and Question. Probably picking up Superman, and I might go Justice League just to see the baby shower. Right. <laughs> but uh, that I have to pick up and look and see what the tone is. If it's mm-hmm. grim, I've got no interest in. It. If it's uh, if it's the sort of wahaha uh, Giffen-McGuire sort of mm-hmm. Justice league thing, which it could be. Right. It could be a lot of fun.
1: It's a, it's a weird story to, for it to be super serious, so yes. I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I, I I like the idea that you're doing like a story like that for an event to tie in, that it's just like this little fun story mm-hmm. that you could do. Um, so I think that's a cool idea. Uh, Stephanie, is there thing, any, anything else you're excited for other than Batgirl?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to pick up the Harley Quinn because, I mean, I, I enjoyed what I read of Gotham City Sirens um I want to read the question. Uh I almost all of those actually are kind of up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um and as far as what they're putting out for spin-off convergence titles, um this first batch is definitely um some of the ones that I'm holding in
2: higher regard. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um Bob, you have a if I got
2: Well, this a- is the this is next month's. Yeah. Actually, I thought I this was the regular checklist. This mm-hmm. is two weeks, but it's still the same run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next week's not quite so good. (laughs) Um, It could be. It's Aquaman, Mm -hmm. Tony Bedard, Cliff Richards, not the old singer. (laughs) Um, Shadow of the Bat, Larry Hama, Mm. Rick Leonardi. Catwoman, Justin Gray, Ron Randall, Green Arrow, Christy Marks. And Rags Morales. Oh, so interesting. That could be interesting, yeah. Green Lantern, Parallax, also Tony Bedard, mm. Ron Wagner. He's getting a lot of work here. Justice League International, Ron Mars, uh, and I, Mike Manley. Suicide Squad, Frank Thierry, Tom Mandrake. Superboy, Fabian Nicieza, Carl Moline. I think it's Moline. They put the I in his name right over a star, so you can't <laughs> read the thing. Uh, Supergirl Matrix. Keith Giffen, so that'll be bizarre, mm-hmm. and Timothy Green, and Man of Steel, Louise Simonson, June Brigman. Well, that should be interesting. Yeah, I they did Power Pack all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, have you ever read that?
0: No, I don't think so.
2: <gasps> you must. <laughs> uh, I know. Shout. I think I gave. I think I gave it to Steve some time back, but it was a wonderfully charming, family-oriented book of a team of kids who ended up with alien superpowers and their parents didn't know and they interact with all the rest of the Marvel universe. Uh, Louise Simons and June Brigman were a great team. I can imagine this being a lot of fun. Louise wrote a lot of Superman in her time, too, when she came over to DC. So really got a handle on that character. And June Brigman's classic, very open kind of artwork. So despite saying Man of Steel, (laughs) it could be something different. I'm sure it'll be very heroic and grand.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Yeah, so that's... That, that, that's what's coming out from convergence uh you know we won't know until you really dig into reading these this first batch of issues how much um you know they're going to be dealing with the overall kind of meta story that's happening mm-hmm. um from all we've heard it seems like they're going to be very self-contained and very these two issues are going to be their own thing and then it's going to kind of paint the picture of what's happening um in the rest of the dc universe but it, it, it it's not going to be reliant on it um and and I think that that's kind of been the general sense of all their events are usually like that. It's usually very much, you know, you could read these, you could read the whole thing if you want to, but you can also read these other things and and ignore the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have to see. But I, I, again, like I said at the beginning, I'm excited to see if any of these are just really great little one or two issue things that are just like wow, there's these are two great issues of um, you know this yeah. thing. Uh, there's one of the things that came out about Flashpoint. There was a Batman story in, in Flashpoint um, that Brian Azzarello wrote. Uh, that's really great. You know, it's totally worldly type of stuff. Um, but it's a really great few issues that only exists there. But it's cool to be like, oh, you should read this because it's a really cool take mm-hmm. on, on this character. So I hope we get a few of these, a few of those in, in this in this event.
2: A lot of great creators. Yeah, and that's where you have to look at it. Yeah, a chance to revisit characters we love with creators whose work we respect.
1: Yeah, and there seems to be cr- creators there that that you know. Uh, Tony Bedard's been working constantly. He does love the Green Lantern stuff. But you know, some creators who don't get a lot of don't get a ton of work anymore, don't you don't know, see their names a bunch in, 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 in focused on this much, getting some chances to maybe shine a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Um we put out the call, uh of course, to hashtag TCBOTW for people on Twitter um to tell us about what they thought about convergence number zero. Uh Pot About Nothing says beautiful artwork, cool enough setup to be interested in what comes next. Uh uh liberal bastion says, so I just read convergence number zero. Isn't a zero issue supposed to give you some clue as to what the event is about? Um the answer is yes. <laughs> at uh Flassie, uh says Convergence number zero, great artwork and a- and cool seeing all the brainiacs. Lacked a story though, I understand it's all set up. Um Though Brad Pinder says, other than Grayson, I don't read the new DCU, so I'm a little lost with Convergence Zero. I did enjoy it. I'm going to get the event. I hope I don't have to be entrenched in the new DCU to get the most of the event, because Zero did hook me enough to grab the rest. Um, uh, we, here we got at Batfon says, wasn't keen on the art, bit too house style. Typical shaky premise for the event, but I do think the series will be fun. Um... At uh, Angel Cake eighty three says, "Beware the city stealing amnesiac brainiac. Who am <laughs> I? Steals your city. Um, I'm not fully. I may not have fully understood this comic." Uh, Repstone says, "Not a big DC guy, but picked up the book. Not sure what's going on. To be honest, art's great, but had the DC house style feel. I don't like." Um... Uh, stimu- uh stimuli file says, was excited to read this due to the glossy cover and number of pages. Seems like they are just milking it until the dust clears in Burbank. Um, uh, just Drew VG says, Convergence Zero was okay. Thought they made Superman to be a little too brash and loud, but the brainiacs looked cool. Um, that being said, seems very similar to another DC, mini DC did in numerous ways, and that was Countdown Arena. Um uh, that he that he pointed out. Uh, Sammy Cassell says, "Sigh, don't read DC except Batman. So Convergence confused me. Beautiful book though. Sounds a lot like Secret Wars. How the hell did they come up with the same idea at the same time? Somebody spilled the beans. Uh, it is very interesting that these two things are happening at the same time in in, in this way. Um, uh, I mean, you know, sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. No,
0: I mean." If you ever, like, look at trailers from movies as they come out, it's always, like, the similar things, like The Prestige and The Illusionist came out at the same time. Yeah. and Like, it's always... It always comes in, uh, like, pairs. Mm-hmm.
1: But, like, somebody's like, that, oh, they're
0: doing this. Let's quickly put something together. It's half-assed.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I think that we can... I think you can safely say that by... By how, how close they're having together, that... That's not the case here, you know. That they didn't. know when – I don't think either one is aping off the other because it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. Because it, it just it just causes confusion and costs probably one of them money to have yeah. any sort of confusion by what's happening on, on either side of things. Um, but you're absolutely right, Stephanie. I think we're like the illusions of the prestige, or we talk about this at volcano and deep impact, yeah. and you know, um, uh, uh, not volcano and deep impact. Uh, volcano Dante's- and Dante's Peak, deep impact, and Armageddon. Again. It, there, sometimes there's just something in the water where something happens the same. It it amplifies in the comic book world because there's only two big, huge companies that do stuff like this, so, like do big events like yeah. this. So for them both to be doing the events at the same time is it, it's a little bit strange. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it kind of
2: happened before, right? I mean, Crisis and Secret, Secret War. Wars going yeah. on at the same time. Yeah, they were. The thing is, this this is a. Typical DC sort of event. Mm -hmm. Marvels is very much a DC event, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) they definitely seem more similar this time around than their last Secret Wars. Right. Uh, There is internet now. There wasn't thirty years ago. (laughs) Is it possible? Who's working for both companies? Who could have? You know, who could have spilled the beans? (laughs) I went to the one meeting and hey guys, you know, (laughs) but none of those names are working in these two series no. so <laughs> coincidence or <laughs> uh, maybe one of them slipped through an incursion event from maybe. one to the other
1: maybe maybe it's happening in real life
2: um now what would be really amazing i was speaking to rob about this from over a tour when they did dc versus marvel all those years ago and there was internet but nobody paid any attention the books combined there was no DC and Marvel for a couple of weeks, and there was Amalgam Comics where they mashed everything together. That can't happen now because the companies hate each other, <laughs> or at least aren't getting along enough to do something like that. But wouldn't it be nice if it was that out of nowhere we were going to get you know more, Disney just bought DC, <laughs> and that's why they moved them to California, and it's all going to come together, and they're all going to be under one umbrella.
1: <laughs> nah, no, but that wouldn't be good. You want you want competition quality comes out of competition yeah, people try yeah. to up each other um, so that was our talk about Convergence uh, Stephanie you're in charge of picking the book
0: for next week what are you going to be doing? I think we've decided on Kaiju Max number one and that's written and drawn by Xander Cannon from Oni Press
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: there's a we really all
2: know cool you love the Kaiju Stephanie. I
0: do and there's a really cool Brian Leo Malley cover Oh. Mm-hmm. What is the
2: premise of Kaiju Max?
0: So, the, the synopsis I've got in front of me says Welcome to Kaiju Max, where the worst of the worst monsters are safely locked away from the human world. Whether they be villains, anti heroes, eco parables, or nuclear metaphors, <laughs> <laughs> Electrogore is ripped away from his family and struggles to determine whom to trust, which gangs to avoid. And when to take on the big man to show you aren't to be trifled with.
2: I'm in. Yeah.
0: You
1: kind of have to be, Bob.
0: <laughs> you're forced to,
2: you're forced so to you be in. You ruined the Bob's moment. Like, I, 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 we just had a moment. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're forced to be in. Um, oh, Man. All right. So, cool. Kai, you big battle. <laughs>
0: Next.
2: Uh, uh, I missed that. I wanted to go to that at the at that <laughs> first NYCC we went to. Have you ever seen that, Stephanie?
0: I know, I know what it is, but I've never seen
2: it. Okay, yeah, we I remember ha- getting those for our video store. For no, people who haven't ever seen what they do, they're still online. It's Battle B A T T E L for some crazy reason. Picture pro wrestling, but as done by people dressed as Japanese monsters, and in the ring are cities that they can stomp on while they're at <laughs> it. But they're not all Japanese monster characters. Some are dressed as giant ham sandwiches or bananas. <laughs> And they fight with each other. How do you, uh, uh, For entertainment, you can't beat that. At the con, they actually had a live event. Mm. That was strangely b- hours between anything else, so we all went home. <clears throat> they have to have a comeback. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
1: So we talked, other than the Convergence books this week, what else are we excited about, Bob? What are you, what are you interested in getting oh, this, week? this week? Coming this week,
2: besides all those Convergence things, yeah. Masks number 2. All right. That miniseries starts up again. This time it's Cullen Bunn, I believe.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, so it's Mask number, 2, number one. Number one. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I was very confused there myself. And we've got Howard the Duck, number two. Mm-hmm. And I am not sure yet, but there is a trade paperback of the first collection of Sensation. Oh, okay. Now, I already have the books, but the solicits show that they're using what was a, a very a rare variant cover. It's a Phil Jimenez wrap around and it's every wonder woman ever hmm. on one cover so if that's on that book that cover is worth 15 bucks <laughs> uh, that, that's it for about, just about for me okay. besides all the other stuff we chatted about
1: stephanie what are you excited about this week
0: i'm excited for rebels number one uh from dark horse uh Lola XOXO Wasteland Madam Number One, which is a spinoff of Lola XOXO. That's a long title. I know, I know, Bobby. <laughs> um, but I think I think they're doing this because this Lola XOXO series got a little bit of acclaim from Aspen Comics, so they don't want to do a spinoff without that title to tie in. Mm-hmm. So they want the fans to come over. And that is the only reason I actually noticed it. So good on you, Aspen. <laughs> um, let's see. I am excited for Teen Dog Number Eight. Uh, help us, Great Warrior Number Three. Um, let's see what else is coming out. Wow, Dynamite has a lot of things coming out. <laughs> oh, they're all just like ten thousand variant covers. Um, go in the Marvel route. Um, very much
1: the denim <laughs> the route. Route, they, put, yeah. they put out so many covers. Yeah, but it's I feel like three like or four, three or four covers of like everything.
0: I will tell you also what I'm not excited for: Jupiter's Circle. Did they even finish Jupiter's Legacy?
1: They did. They did finish it. It took a long time, but they finished right.
0: it. Well, I am not excited.
1: I think they finished it at least. I did. Not. I remember I, th- I had the same reaction to like they announced it, and I like texted Rob from Tor and I was like, "What the hell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is even happening?" <laughs> um, Kaiju Max, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> uh, And I don't know. There's like all new Hawkeye, Angela, Asgard's Asgard. Um, <laughs>
1: I think Descender number two comes out as well.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even see that. It got mixed okay. in there because it doesn't have twelve thousand variant covers.
1: I think it does.
0: I think it. It's there.
1: It is there. Yes, yeah. it is there.
0: Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, and the first well, I haven't I haven't finished reading Copperhead, the first volume yet, but um, the new arc starts tomorrow, today, number six. Cool. There you go, um, Bob. Uh, uh, do you know anything about the new
2: Reanimator book?
1: No. It's Reanimator number right. one's coming out this week
2: from Dynamite.
1: From Dynamite, of course. With how many covers? A lot of covers. Yes. <laughs> um, who's, who's in charge? Uh, Keith Davidson with art by Randy Valente. Uh, This cover is Jai Lee, though. It's very cool. Very, very cool. Um, Dr. Herbert West, the reanimator, returns, setting up shop in New Orleans. The brilliant Dr. West continues his life work, the revival of the dead by purely chemical means. To accomplish the task, he recruits Susan Green, a young and wide-eyed
2: pharmacological.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) No, pharmacologist, fascinated by his Uh (laughs) macabre experiments. Um, There you go. I don't know.
2: You should probably like take
1: a scroll through at the at the shop. Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
2: As long as they're not looking.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I saw that, and I thought of you. I'm excited about Rat Queens. Uh, number ten is is hitting this week. Um, Just the
2: first new art or no last it last
1: m- week was the was new uh, it was new art as well um last week last yeah. month um so that's coming out so I'm excited about that and a bunch of the books we re- we already talked mm-hmm. about uh you know like descender and all new hawkeye and um all that other good stuff that that, that I've been reading that, that's coming out uh oh the legacy 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 of luther strode starts uh, which is the mm-hmm. third and i think final in that that triple there that they've been doing a uh, new saga as well. I believe is this week. So uh, a lot of good stuff coming out this week, Southern cross, a lot of good stuff to check out th- this week. Um,
2: Should make for a packed show next week.
1: Possibly. Possibly though. I don't think it really matters. I, I don't think it matters how many books come out uh, each week. The show is equally as packed yes. every week. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, please at talking comics on Twitter, Facebook.com. Slash Talking Comics and Podcasts at talkingcombooks.com is the email address. Um, Also, head to talkingcombooks.com for all our reviews, uh, articles, columns, and our bevy of podcasts. Uh, The Misfits with Stephanie Cook, uh, Melissa Megan, and Mara Wood. Uh, They just did uh, Star Wars animated stuff. Uh, I
0: think Mara will probably be leading the charge on Misfits for a couple more weeks.
1: So, Stephanie, you are absent for a couple weeks. I
0: am, uh, but Mara, she's got this. She is a rock. (laughs)
1: Um, And she does love Star Wars. She
0: does. I mean, even if I could have been on the show this week, she would have been like, no, I got this. Like, (laughs) Star Wars is her baby. You do know she learned to play cello just so that she could play Star Wars music, right? I did not know that. On cello? Yeah. I I did not know that. Amazing. (laughs)
2: Amazing.
1: Uh, talking movies with uh, Brian Verderosa, Nick Scalia, and Chris Oliphant. Uh, they wrapped up their, um, their robot series this week with a <laughs> weird B-movie from the 80s, I think, uh, called uh, Choplifter?
2: No, no, Not Choplifter. Chop, Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. I That's think you can blame me. When we were doing chopping mall. Uh, Fanboy Remix, we did a name the movie from the tagline. Okay. So the tagline for the posters for Chopping Mall, it was a uh, shopping bag with just blood dripping out of it. <laughs> where shopping costs you an arm and a leg.
1: <laughs> it's funny because it actually, wasn't Brian who picked it? It was Chris. Oh, he was he wanted to do the man with the screaming brain that Steve Martin. No, no, no. That that. Oh, uh, the
2: Bruce Campbell, Campbell wait, wait, wait. Bruce And Campbell. Brian
1: <laughs> Brian had already seen it. And he was like, "We're not doing it. It's horrible. I don't want to watch yeah, it again." Yeah. And so he just like, was researching robot movies and found this random-ass uh. movie. Uh, so they're doing that one. Um, talking games, obviously. Uh, Steve Say, Justin Townsend, Rob Neumeyer, and Jackie Turner. That's every Thursday at, uh, at noon. Um, that comes out. Um, talking Valiant, of course, as well. And uh, our, special, our special edition feed with our comics and coffee and backup stories uh, stuff as well. Um, if you want to get to touch with us personally, I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Stephanie.
0: I'm at Hello Cookie.
1: Bob, email address.
2: Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Bob, do you have anything to interject? Yes, there I do. While I gave my email address, I mentioned something a couple of weeks back. For those in the local to the middle of Long Island area, April 18th from 1 to 3, Peter David will be at our local Costco in Holbrook <laughs> signing copies of The Avengers Vault, which is a, one of those giant encyclopedia mm-hmm. books. With everything you could possibly ever want to know about the Avengers laid out for you, so you can catch up with the movies and everything else. Now, I know Costco is a membership kind of thing, but if you're interested in coming, you want to email me. I might just have an in. That shh. All right. So maybe I'll we'll find a way. You may he have to work on a podcast <laughs> You may have to work the day at Costco moving boxes around, but we might be able to find a way to get you. In.
1: All right. So that's going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast for this week. For Bob Good night. And Stephanie
0: Hola. Wait, no. I have,
1: uh, is Aloha, Aloha maybe. A, uh,
0: Aloha? Bye.
1: Aloha
2: works.
0: Tutors? Aloha
1: means, yeah. yeah. All those things. All of those things except hola. is <laughs> 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 appropriate. These
0: things is not like they are.
1: I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.